Chapter 36 Business Time Kansas City reeked of midlife crisis. There was no ex-wife crying herself to sleep. She had moved on years ago, wised up while she still had time to salvage some sort of life. The pungent stench of mass-produced body spray sucked out all the air in the booth, and it was easily identified as some stupid-named body spray from Axe. She was surprised it wasn't Old Spice because he seemed like the type. Jill didn't even give him the credit for dropping into his local Walgreens to pick it up. In her mind, he got it as a Christmas gift from his son. It had come in a gift pack with a similar scented body wash. She had found him leaning back, resting his elbows on the bar, presenting his crotch to the world. His pants seemed uncomfortably tight, and his waistline was so high there were hipster girls in Silver Lake posting it on Tumblr. He was drinking Glenfiddich on the rocks, trying to look sophisticated but failing miserably in this establishment. She guessed he was from out of town, here for a convention, staying at the Marriott or the Sheraton, somewhere that gave points. Jill winced at how low she had fallen. She estimated the value of the cash in his wallet at fourteen hundred and some change. She imagined he had emptied his meager credit union account before he left home for the big city, and that he'd probably be late with his monthly child support, but that wasn't her problem. Jill was sheepish when she approached him. Another rejection, and she would have to pull up Google Maps on her phone to find the nearest bridge to jump off. For those playing at home, the nearest bridge would be the 4th Street Bridge, I'll have famous bridges from the movies for 400, Alex. Jill floated over to him, placing her body as a sacrifice to his crotch. She was doing more work than she had intended, but the night was growing old and she needed to get that W. He took a big swig of his scotch and stood upright. He was nearly a foot shorter than Jill and he was twice as wide. His name turned out to be Joe and in a stunning turn of events, he was a print salesman from Kansas City. He motioned towards an empty booth in the corner. There was no VIP section here, just a line of booths and a tiny dance floor for anyone who was drunk enough to wander out to it. The waitress stood at the booth. It wasn't clear if she was ready to take their order or to kill herself right there in front of them. What would you like to drink, darling? Kansas City asked Jill as he caressed her thigh under the table. Champagne, of course, Jill beamed. Champagne it is. A bottle of your best champagne, my dear, Kansas City beamed, trying to match Jill's enthusiasm. Right away, the waitress said. Would you like to start a tab? Yes, yes, of course, Kansas City said, taking his hand off Jill's thigh to hand his card to the waitress. Jill looked at the card and gave a slight eye roll. She hated when she was right, especially about guys with no real money. He returned his sweaty palm to her thigh, this time a little higher than before. Jill had taken the brief moment his hand was away to cross her legs, so when he inevitably returned his hand, he would have limited access to her vagina. Jill smiled pleasantly at his groping and made small talk with him. She knew how to keep the conversation light. It was crucial to her plans that he felt smart. The waitress arrived back at the booth and placed the glasses on the table. They weren't champagne flutes, not in this establishment. Would you like me to pour? The waitress asked evenly. Totally, that would be awesome, Jill said, feigning enthusiasm. The waitress rolled her eyes and poured the champagne as Jill cuddled into Kansas City. Thanks, babe, Jill said, 
turning her head away from Kansas City as he leaned in to kiss her lips. Without skipping a beat, Jill grabbed the two glasses of champagne and handed one to him. Let's toast this bitch, Jill said as she lifted her glass up. The waitress hid a smirk as she slinked away and Jill cringed internally with every exclamation she made. The valley accent was over the top, but the out-of-towners loved it, and it worked every time. Sure, Kansas City said, lifting his glass. What would you like to toast to? To us, babe, Jill said, keeping it light. To us, Kansas City said, clinking his glass with Jill's. The bottle of champagne slowly emptied as Jill fended off Kansas City's busy hand. She could feel a bruise forming on her upper thigh from where he was trying to wedge his fingers in between her legs. Jill poured the last mouthful of champagne from the bottle into Kansas City's glass and helped him guide it to his mouth. He was visibly drunk, sweating profusely and slurring his speech. Sensing the empty bottle, the waitress appeared at the table. Everything going okay here? She asked Jill. Oh, we're just fine, Jill said, nodding towards Kansas City who was slipping in and out of consciousness. He's just had a little too much to drink. Oh, that's a pity, the waitress said sarcastically. Should I call a taxi? That would be sweet if you did, Jill said, oozing sugar. The waitress turned and waved over the burly bouncer who quickly strode over to the booth. We need a taxi, the waitress said, using her eyes to point out Kansas City. Of course, one moment, the bouncer said, reaching into the booth and grabbing Kansas City by the shoulders. Kansas City snored as the bouncer pulled him from the booth. Don't forget this, the waitress said, slipping Kansas City's card into his pocket. The bouncer frog-marched Kansas City out of the bar and into the street as the waitress turned back to the booth and started clearing away the glasses and the empty champagne bottle. Jill had already laid out a stack of Kansas City's cash on the table. It's been a long time since I've seen you around here, the waitress said with a holier-than-thou smile. I thought you'd up and got married to some rich guy. There you go, Jill said, ignoring the waitress's obvious barb. Three for me, two for you, one for the bartender, and one fifty for the taxi driver and the bouncer. There's also an extra twenty for that horse swill you call champagne. Seems a bit light, sugar the waitress said. Please, he's from Kansas City. I would have been surprised if he had enough on that card to cover the champagne, Jill said, putting her cut of the money in her clutch. I assume you didn't run it? Of course not, the waitress said, folding up her portion of the money and putting it in her cleavage. How many times have we done this routine before? Jill shrugged her shoulders as the waitress walked away from the booth. Till the next time, Danny the waitress called over her shoulder. Danny. That was the name on her first fake ID, and Jill had been scamming under that name ever since. Jill was her real name, but only the big fish knew her by that, and only because she needed them to put money in her bank account. When it was just a cash transaction, it was Danny, Danielle, Tracy, Angel, or Amber. The money she had pulled from Kansas City's wallet was well short of the 1400 she had estimated, and with the abundance of one-dollar bills at the center of the billfold, she assumed he had made a visit to the strip club at some point during the night. Jill had told the waitress her personal cut was $300, but it was more like $642, which wasn't bad for a couple hours' work. Poor old Kansas City would be deposited in a taxi and driven around the city for 20 minutes before waking up at the police station. 
The taxi driver would say he had picked him up down the street from the strip club, and when he had reached the destination, he had found the passenger was too wasted and had no money. Jill's marks had never come back to haunt her. The roofies she slipped in their champagne would help with the drunken appearance and the eventual memory loss. Jill got up from the booth and pulled down her skirt, but not too far. There were always one or two guys looking at the situation, thinking they were hotter than the guy with his paws all over her, and they might want a shot at the title themselves. She could feel the eyes and the darkness assessing her as she walked to the door. Even though she had done her best not to, she had gotten a little drunk from the champagne, but it had been a tough day after all. With her head high and the W securely in its wind column, she began to walk out the door. She turned her head one last time to the darkness of the bar to give that one last shot to anyone with the gumption, but the next thing Jill knew, she was on the floor, her legs spread and underwear on show for all comers. The blood rushed to her head as the fury washed over her. You keep that face any longer, you're going to get some wrinkles, the asshole said as he looked down at her. With her head turned, Jill hadn't even seen when he came in the door, knocking her to the floor. Give me your hand, the asshole said, reaching down to her. I'll help you up. Jill ignored his hand. Her heels battled her, but she found her way to her feet and pulled her skirt down to a semi-respectable level. So, you hate me now, or what? The asshole asked with a smirk. She could see him now. He wasn't super good looking, and Jill had seduced way hotter guys, but he did have a look that she found intriguing. You're not going to say sorry, asshole? Jill snapped. I'll buy you a fucking drink, the asshole said, motioning to the bar. That's a hundred times better than some forced sorry. What? Jill demanded. Come on, stop being such a crybaby, the asshole said, walking to the bar. Come have a drink with me, 